Hello, um, how are you? This is Pamela Mbavazi, and I'm launching my podcast today. It has always been my desire to share my ideas and thoughts about what will it take to transform our society. God has given us an amazing country, Uganda. We are blessed by nature. Yet, we still face a lot of challenges. Challenges that have kept a larger section of our population backward, or should I say, in poverty. And yet, there is so much and plenty around us that we can exploit for our benefit. So my discussion under this podcast really is to challenge my thinking and share my thoughts with you all about what I think intrinsically, what I feel we really need to do. And I would really like to get your thoughts as well and comments once you have listened to my thinking. And today, I want to begin by discussing what I think were the key issues in this election that we have just concluded. That government will need to tackle and address in order to transform our beautiful Uganda. So, friends, Comrades, fellow Ugandans, fellow citizens of the world, Uganda has just held elections and His Excellency President Museveni has been elected. To take this country forward for the next five years. Indeed, our country has come from far since the times of Idi Amin, we went through a tumultuous time of the Obote regime, and it's when uh, President Museveni under the NRM in 1986, when he came to power and restored stability and peace, that we started to see transformation in this country. Now, the NRM government, which President Museveni heads, has brought this country far. From 1986, when there was acute instability, we now have seen that much of the country is peaceful. And the focus initially was to stabilize the economy and begin to tackle the issues of socioeconomic well-being of the population. And this is why in 19, 
86 through largely to the year 2000 the focus of government at the time was mainly to deal with issues of water of sanitation of health of education to really deal with the health and well-being of Ugandans because we had been living in a period of chaos of insecurity of war and life expectancy had gone so down people were not going to school many people had left the country a large population was living in internally displaced people's camps in northern uganda our whole social economic infrastructure had shattered the hospitals were almost non functional so from the year 86 up to about 2000 president seveni and the nrm government was able to bring this country to a period where as a country we were enjoying our children were enjoying free primary education universal primary education many schools had been built many hospitals had been built the water the access population for much of our population had been addressed and people could get drinking water in uh, less than a 5 kilometer radius which was no mean achievement It's in the year 2001 that government decided to start programmatic planning. And that's when the whole thinking of the vision 2040 came to be and the country started planning. Now, since the year 2000 up to 2020 government has indeed again made big strides because within this period universal secondary education has been introduced there has been an increase in investments in more social economic infrastructures including roads including revival of our airline including um establishment of a number of hydroelectric plants many factories have been built government has put in place systems of improving the judicial systems attempts have been made at fighting corruption although more needs to be done in that area so many achievements have been made um since the year 2000 with our onset to planning for vision 2040 the kind of uganda we want a prosperous uganda where the per capita income is high and where every ugandan at least earns approximately 1900 US dollars per head and this is where we are heading to 
However, in the last elections, there are some challenges and concerns that have been voiced by Ugandans across the country. And this is what I want to address my podcast today. In my view, one of the major, major challenges that seems to have been highlighted is really the issue of youth unemployment. Friends, Uganda has one of the most youthful populations globally. More than 70% of our population are youth. Young boys and girls, men and women below the age of 25. And all through the campaigns and all through the election period, most of you, the Ugandans, and what was being discussed and what was being voiced was the lack of employment. What we are facing as a country is that we are not creating as many jobs as the number of youth that are being trained and graduated. And this, to me, must be the biggest priority for governments as we emerge out of elections and start a journey over the next five years. We need to create jobs. We need to create a job-rich Uganda. And how are we going to do this? A series of initiatives. First, we will need to work together as different stakeholders, government, private sector, development partners, civil society, average Ugandans to challenge our thinking, to combine efforts and see where are we going to ensure that our youth get employed. Much of our country depends on agriculture. And for me, this is where our focus must go. We must get into production. We must empower our youth to get into production. We must attract investments that will create jobs for our youth. That must be a priority. And this we can have or we can do in a number of ways. And this has been well articulated in the National Development Plan 3, which clearly, clearly provides ways in which immediately jobs can be created for youth. Let me give you an example. We have a huge number of infrastructure projects across the country. We have recommended very strongly that we need as government to move very quickly and deliberately to provide a clear policy for youth 
to be contracted in these investment projects. What am I talking about? You have roads, for instance, feeder roads across the different parts of the country. In these feeder roads, procurements, tenders are provided through procurements. If we had a policy to designate a portion of these feeder roads for the youth, provide them with the mentorship and support that they require. Many young Ugandans have graduated with civil engineering degrees who can be put together in a company paired with an existing well-established contractor and given sections of the jobs in these companies and help them to grow. In other words, what I'm calling for is for us as a country, for us as a people, for us as a nation to really reach out and organize these youth. Youth begin with those who have the skills, put them in frameworks that will be able to enable to, to get them to work, pair them with existing companies that have the capacity, but empower them to join the supply chain so that they can also be helped to grow and run their business. This, in my view, would immediately provide, and it's not just in construction, but in all the supply chains. Let us organize the youth, give them the capacities or training or um, support that they require and mentor them to join the supply chains. It must be made as a deliberate policy for us to provide them with um, employment. Now, that is a category of youth that already have the skills and probably have their small businesses running and say, let's hold their hands and pair them with companies to get them into the supply chains. There is another category of youth that do not have the skills that can be uh, rapidly taught these skills in vocational schools, that can be organized in circles. And this government has done, we need to do more. I think we need to be very deliberate and intentional about supporting in yoga, the, the vocations that uh, President Museveni started before, and that we need to put more science in and see how do we make this in yoga work? How do we ensure that a group of Boda Boda young people do make money that will build them to run proper businesses? There are several models. Safe Border, for instance, in Kampala, has created avenues for people in the Boda Boda industry to earn more systematic um, uh, income. We need to challenge our thinking as Ugandans more and see what arrangements do we put in place for our youth to make gainful and purposeful money that will pull them out of poverty in a very organized and systemic way.
another area that we must work on of course is tax reductions for our youth we need to also ensure that they get access to cheap capital which is being done through enyoga but we need to rethink through and qualify the model more because the tendency to give free money to young people may not be the right way and i'm not saying that enyoga is free money but the mentality that our youth have of thinking that this is money coming from government i think there's need for a little bit more education conscientization sensitization to help the youth be prepared be ready to receive this money in and use it in a manner that it will transform their lives so youth unemployment is one big element that has been in my view a cause for concern during the elections that i feel as government we need to tackle and work through very quickly and very urgently what is the other factor the second factor in my view that i feel we need to focus on is the whole element limited capacity of our health institutions to handle spikes in demand like we have experienced in covid i'm saying this because as i speak in uganda today we are seeing cases of covid increasing and as a matter of priority post election we must prioritize increasing capacity for our health institutions to handle um spikes in demand that may be occasioned by disasters like covid-19 now i must point out that definitely government has done amazing commendable job handling the covid-19 pandemic but i think this pandemic has also established that the capacities of our health institutions to handle rapid increases in demand are still limited many hospitals today are turning away patients and this of course points to the fact that our public health system is not functioning as well as it should be so i feel that we must focus on this as a priority as government and ensure for instance that the whole move the whole desire will to introduce a universal health insurance scheme must be prioritized i also feel that there is need to increase investments in equipping our health institutions to provide specialist services but also more importantly to revitalize our public health in order to reduce morbidity let us stand firm in ensuring that we build 
our public health care system because we need healthy, productive Ugandans to transform our economy. What is the other area that I feel has been a major challenge and cause concern during our most recently concluded elections? And I want to argue that inadequate access to markets has been another factor that raised concerns. Even though agricultural production and productivity remain relatively low across the country, except for a few commodities, the country is already facing challenges of finding markets. I'll give an example. A lot of milk was produced even during COVID. We had nowhere to sell it. Matoke prices plummeted terribly. Sugar came. Many people in Busoga were crying for. They didn't have anywhere to sell their sugar cane. And even with our existing access to the East African community markets, we have not been accessing markets in Rwanda, markets in um, Kenya for our sugar, for our milk. We must address this quickly and urgently because we need a bigger and diversified market if we are to push our agro-industrialization agenda forward. So post-election now, as we move to prioritize our actions and see as government what needs to be done, I think there is need to quickly move to put in place the necessary infrastructure to take advantage of the African continental free trade area. There's going to be a lot of concerted efforts to improve and increase our diplomacy, to win new markets, to make new friends, to ensure we prepare and pay our dues and do what is necessary for us to penetrate these markets. We need to intensify our agro-processing because we can't sell our fresh commodities. We must process our commodities and ensure that they can access the whole of Africa in the best quality form that is required. So if we are growing coffee, we must ensure that we process this coffee to the quality standard that is required so that we can compete with other countries on the continent and penetrate those markets. We also need to increase the range of products we are producing. Using a comparative advantage, I think we need to move beyond, for instance, if we are growing sugarcane in Busoga, we cannot only continue producing sugar. I think we need to look into other products like methane, like industrial sugar, like fertilizers for milk. We cannot continue producing only pasteurized milk, powdered milk, and the traditional byproducts of milk. I think it's high time we thought about new commodities like 
cassian, which is a big ingredient, a major ingredient in medicine, but also other products that have big markets like butter. I think we also need to increase production of, um, you know, quality products by ensuring that we enforce standards. Countries like Europe, countries like China will not buy our fish, which we have in plenty in Lake Victoria, in Lake Choga, if the quality of our fish is not improved by ensuring the standards. So our Uganda National Bureau of Standards need to, needs to be further empowered, further strengthened, further made to perform and ensure that the kind of commodities that our country produces penetrate not just local, regional, continental, but also global markets. But standards, standards, standards is key. The other factor that I cannot fail to highlight that was also very critical and raised debate in the past elections that I feel we will need to prioritize going forward as government is the issue of education. Education is the key to societal progress. However, there has been limited effectiveness of our education system to produce graduates that are ready for the job market. In fact, Uganda is facing a problem of skills mismatch. We are producing a lot of graduates that cannot be employed. And at 6.1 years, Uganda's average years of schooling is still comparatively low. What do I mean? Although our primary school enrollment is at approximately 95%, only about 45% of our students finish P7. That is not good. We also have a problem at secondary school. Whereas enrollment at secondary school is approximately 70%, only 40% complete by the time they finish senior six. What is even very worrying is that 86.5%, that is a very high percentage of the people employed in gainful employment are only with a secondary school education or less. So that is cause for concern. If you have less than 20% of our population, over 40 million people, only less than 20% have an education higher than secondary education then transforming this country is going to require us to do much more in educating our people. 
the skills taught in our schools do not match the requirements of our labor market and that to me is the biggest challenge so vocational school enrollment must be increased we must focus on those skills that are required today in present Uganda if we say agriculture is where we are getting most of our income can we deliberately and intentionally ensure that we have vocational schools focused on agriculture across the country so that we impart the right knowledge and skills for agricultural production in our youth and the people engaged in agriculture and ensure we produce quality products that will enter and penetrate the job market hence our education system has to address the double challenge of our low education attainment but also the skills mismatch so what can government do what has the ndp3 done what do i think fellow ugandans fellow global citizens what do i think must happen as a priority i think there is need to rethink our education system to address the challenge of low education attainment the skills mismatch and here we have really articulated very clearly in our um ndp3 that digital transformation is going to be key i think that we have an opportunity now with the digital era to expose our young people to more knowledge on the internet but beyond this we are also going to need to focus on human capital development as articulated in ndp3 where vocational training must be made a priority we must ensure that the many schools that have been built by government focus more or clearly include a strong component of vocational and skills training technology development transfer and innovation are key and we must make sure that research and development r&d are made central our universities need to be given the right resources given the support to ensure that we engage in r&d to improve our human capital development education 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 is key because even if we are able to create the right conducive environment to attract industries here to invest in Uganda if we do not have the right skilled labor these factories will not stay for long or rather they will come with automated machines which will be a conundrum for us so as government as a people as a country we must work together see how do we give our young people the right skills the right know-how to be gainfully employed or to run and start their own businesses and that to me is a priority and finally as i conclude my podcast 
today, the final issue I feel that was also um, a major issue of debate during our um, campaigns was the inadequate preparation and adoption to a fast-changing world, particularly technology. I think that especially in government we are not moving as fast as the digital economy is moving. We need to digitize all our services and this will help us become more efficient. It will help us be more um, transparent. It will help in easing our work. And I would like to really um, argue that the faster we put resources and our energies and focus on digitizing our processes, the quicker and faster it will be for us as a country to transform. So as a priority, as we move now beyond elections and start the work, I think it's important that we focus on digitization of services, not just across government, but also encourage and provide support to businesses to digitize their processes as well, where possible. There are two other elements that I thought I should touch on before I conclude this podcast. And this is, on the one hand, the issue of the need to transform our public sector. As a country, we have had one of the best plans, some of the best policies, most of the well-intentioned leaders, but what has failed us is the jam in public service that has not made it possible to implement. So implementation, implementation, implementation is one area that we must focus on as a country, as a people, to see how we challenge our thinking. We have all these good proposals, all these good suggestions, but how do we get them to be implemented? So we have in the National Development Plan, of which I've been party to, included a program on public sector transformation. And this is essentially to help give direction to government on how we can ensure that the civil service is strengthened and that programs are implemented. Implementation of government programs and projects must happen and we must deal with the challenges of corruption. But as I mentioned, if we are able to invest heavily, deliberately, intentionally in digitizing processes and ensure that we work together as one unit of government using the program approach, the future looks bright in my view. I think once we work on the issue of implementation, 
strengthening and cleaning up our civil service to implement the programs, we will make progress as a country. And finally, the whole issue of inadequate economic infrastructure. And here I'm talking about the roads, the rails, the water, the, 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 the airport transport, because no country in the world over has been able to transform itself without investing heavily in its infrastructure. We have done some progress as a country, but more needs to be done. So as a priority, now that we want to really consolidate efforts and work together as one government, as one country, as one nation, it's important in my view that this infrastructure, even the one that is already there, is well maintained. So as a priority, consolidating and maintaining our social infrastructure must also be a priority. So just to recap, youth employment, strengthening our public health system, dealing with our education challenges, ensuring that our youth are well-skilled and that we provide the right knowledge, skills and competences to our people is a priority we need to ensure that we build capacity for our healthcare system to manage spikes in demand like this that was occasioned by COVID-19. We must address the issue of markets. We must consolidate and maintain our infrastructure we must digitize our processes and even importantly we must ensure we strengthen our public sector or civil service to implement by handling the challenges of corruption but ensuring that we do our work well fellow ugandans friends citizens of the world I thank you for listening. Tell me, tell me what you think about my opinions and my analysis of what priorities we need to do as a country. Thank you and God bless you. Bye-bye.